Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we come boldly before your throne of grace, and we just thank you so much for being a part of our lives. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for giving us strength. Thank you for giving us a double portion of your love, mercy, and grace. Thank you for always tuning your ears to hear our voice, oh God. So today I ask that you lead me in this discussion, Lord, that you fill me up with your Holy Spirit. Allow all of those that are willing to receive your Holy Spirit, let them receive it and let them be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And God, I just thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for just being able to be who you are in my life. Thank you for being trustworthy. Um, Holy Spirit, thank you so much. I just pray that you allow me to speak about everything I need to today. Allow me the, to minister grace to the hearer. Let me encourage those that need encouraged. And let me speak words that are meaningful and impactful so that we all can make improvements in our lives. But most importantly, God, we pray that you allow your will to be done, not ours, but yours. And this goes for everyone in the world, every single person shaking and awakening us all, Lord. You know who your children are. And so we just ask that you continue to allow our hearts to be softened and melted for you, Lord. And just please, God, get, keep giving us a double portion of your love, mercy, and grace. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is sealed in your atonement blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me today on uh, Laws, Life, and Health. Let's talk about it. So today I am going to be talking about women's health again. Okay. So the Lord had put some things on my heart to really be specific about today. So I want to talk, I am going to get back to um, talking about the different characters in the Bible. I believe we had Gideon and Peter left to talk about. And so then I'll um, try to refocus on some of the administration waste. And then from there, hopefully I can get on examining more of the um, good tissue to use that is probably more healthy for our bodies that do not cause like urinary tracts, tract infections, um, or the different dioxins that is very harmful to our, our bodies, okay? And so today, before I even get into any of all of that, the Lord put it on my heart to talk about the voice that you're following, the voice that you hear. So what voice are you following, okay? Who are you listening to? Are you listening to your friends, your family, your siblings, your relatives, your coworkers, your managers? You know, um, are you listening to your neighbors? Because they all have a voice. They all are being led by their experience. Our experiences shape our perspective. It also influence our behavior so like yesterday when i spoke about the emotions so with adam and eve the fall of adam and eve that was because emotions came into play many people 
when when they're responding to things and they're doing certain things, it is because they are governed by their emotions. We must not let our emotions allow us to be influenced by anything negative. Because as we see with Cain, right? Cain, anger allowed the desire for him to have anger consume him. So anger turned into a desire that desired Cain. So the desire for him to be angry led to anger desiring him. And so what we must understand is that we are not governed by our emotions. If someone hurts your feelings, how do you respond to that? Your response is an indicator if you are being governed by your emotions in a positive or negative way. But if you have discipline with the power of the Holy Spirit, you are not going to be governed by your emotions and feelings. Because if someone offends you, you're going to be mature enough like Job, like I spoke about Job yesterday and Job said, what did Job, Job said, um, he said, well, he fell down and worshiped God, even though he was weeping throughout afterwards. All when all of those negative things had taken place in his life, those life changing situations, he fell to his knees after shaving his head and worshiped God. That was a different type of level of maturity. So even though when you're going through experiences and challenges in your life, what level of maturity are you at? Are you going to be governed by your emotions? Because Job could have easily cursed God. Oh, God, why did you let this happen? Because we know nothing can be done without the approval of God. But you have to say to God, what is God trying to teach you in your situation? Because God is trying to teach you something. But are you open and receptive to understanding what God is trying to teach you? Or are you just governed by your emotions and your feelings? See, sometimes your emotions and your feelings can interfere with you having clarity. The Holy Spirit gives us clarity. But if you're listening to your siblings and you listening to your friends and you listening to your family and your co-workers and your managers and your neighbors, they all are coming from a place of an emotion too. They are either going to be governed by their emotions or they're going to be led by the spirit of God. So the advice they give you can only be generated based upon their level of maturity. 
So if they are insignificant in their walk with Christ, they're going to be insignificant at the advice that they give you. If they're coming from a place of unforgiveness, the advice that they give you is also going to be. Hold on one second, please. So the advice that they give you is also going to be coming from a place of unforgiveness in their heart. So they they not if if someone hurts you, why would they want you to be healed when they haven't even healed in areas of their life where they need healing? And we see this too often with women. And yes, of course, some people say, well. Like my mom, for instance, she says that I play favoritism with males over females. Well, I have one daughter and three boys. And so it's so important for me as a woman to make sure that I'm at a high level of scrutiny. My daughter is at a high level of scrutiny. Why? Because we are created to be the helpmates. So God wants us. We need to be extra strong for our families. We need to be more strong for within in the way that we pray about things. Because we see Eve contributed to the fall of Adam. Which ultimately was the fall of mankind. Why? Because of her desires, what she thought was pleasing to her eyes, and the pleasure that she thought that she could experience from heaven, the ability to have knowledge and wisdom. So, women are more enticed. So, we have to have self-discipline. If we are to, if we are going to be able to encourage our spouses, so this is so important um, because you see too many times in a household there's friction because of the reverse roles in in the household. So the male is the male should be the head of the house. So let me go ahead and share my screen and go ahead and get into the word of God. So let me go to this scripture here. This should be on um, 1 Corinthians 11 and 3. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is man and the head of Christ is God. So if we all understand what this order is, that, that is God, man, woman order. 
There's nothing confusing about this scripture. If you don't agree with it, you have to take that up with God. I am being an obedient child and an obedient, obedient servant of God. This is what the word of God says. I believe every part of the word of God is true from the beginning and to the end. So moving forward, the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is man and the head of Christ is God. So when roles are reversed in the household, what does it do? It causes confusion. It's friction. It's all sorts of division. And so the Bible talks about a house divided against itself cannot stand. So let's look at that scripture. If you also go to your Bible, to Matthew 12, 22 and 28. Then one was brought to him who was demon possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him. So that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. Now, if you hear something like this, you hear of a, a blind person and a mute person and, and, and you see that God heals them. This is a testimony. Not only just for that person, but also for all the people that are around being able to see that. So in verse 23, and all the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? What do you mean could? The multitudes of people. So multitudes is many, many people. So you have these multitudes of people that are questioning. Could this be the son of David? After they just viewed. A demon possessed a blind and mute person be healed. How could you consider the latter? Manny, let me explain it. I'm saying consider the latter, which is L-A-T-T-E-R. Consider that which is in a contradiction of him being the son of David. That means that for them to incorporate the idea, could this be the son of David? When they should be saying, this is the son of David. This man just healed a demon-possessed person. I've never seen anything like that. That's what they should have been saying. But instead, there are multitudes of people that were amazed. And said, could this be the son of David? See, could this be the son of David? This is just talking about the genealogy of Jesus. See, Jesus was John the Baptist's cousin. Oh, okay. Thank, thank you, Amir. If you have a question, please go ahead and put it here in the Q&A and then I can respond to it there. Thank you. So we see here the, the voice of multitudes of people. This is multitude. So let's look at 
let let me just give you the proper definitions of, of multitudes so that there is no confusion surrounding this a very great number the masses the populace the character of being many numerous also a great number regarded collectively or as congregated together multitude so this is many many people that are saying the same thing could this be the son of david what they're saying is could this be from the david's bloodline so don't misinterpret verse 24 says now i've already explained to you please don't keep raising your hand okay if you have a question put it here in the q a there and then i'll be able to respond to you there thank you so now in verse 24 it says now when the pharisees heard when the pharisees heard it they said this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons so you see basically what is what is being said is Beelzebub is the devil basically satan hold on a second I had to remove a person from the room. Okay. All right. So basically, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. So, Jesus healed a person. Then, a large number of people, which is a great number, multitude of people question whether or not he's from the bloodline of david in addition to the religious pharisees contradicting his ability to be from god and and basically saying that he's from the devil so but jesus knew their thoughts and said to them every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation in every city or house divided against itself will not stand if satan cast out satan he is divided against himself how then will his kingdom stand so you see that there are going to be a lot of people who have remarks they want to say this and then they want to say that they want to tell you about this and then they're going to try to encourage you to believe something that they're believing this is multitude of people we need to look at the bible as a a way to lead us to understand what god wants us to expect in this world so you see you may be having a blessing you may see a miracle happen in your life but all the people around you the multitude of people that you know your cousins your your siblings, your co-workers, your managers, all of these people question your blessing. Question how God has worked in your life. Question your ability to be who you are in the kingdom of God. They sitting up here questioning whether or not Jesus Christ 
It's from the bloodline of David. After they have just seen a demon-possessed person that was blind and mute, healed. People are going to come into your life and they're going to tell you, oh no, see, you shouldn't have picked that house. But see, God gave you that house. You shouldn't have had get that car. But see, God helped you get that car. You shouldn't have never took that job. But see, God helped you get that job. They don't understand it. Just because you have a bump in the road here and there, you cannot share your blessings with people that don't understand it. This multitude of people did not understand that Jesus Christ was from the bloodline of David. After seeing a demon-possessed, blind, and mute person healed for the first time ever, they still question his ability of who he was. Why are you sharing your blessings with people who will never understand? They never understand the promises of God. They never understand the way that God operates. They don't understand the language of God. They don't understand the way God operates or move in your life. Why do you feel to the need to share your blessings with them? Jesus shared this was an act of healing. And they wasn't even affected. They wasn't even impacted. The religious Pharisees say, hey, well, he's casting... He's casting out demons because he's the ruler of the demons. See, but Jesus knew their thoughts. Just like the children of God, sometimes you can know, you know the spirit of the other people that you're around. And it's not that, you know, they are, they are people that are governed by a higher power. See, because we all submit ourselves to something. Some people submit their, themselves to, to sex. They become sex slaves. And some people submit themselves to gambling and they become, you know, addicts of gambling. Some people submit themselves to the power of addiction, of substance use. And so they're all governed by these ideologies that is shaping their perspective. So God wants us to allow the Holy Spirit to shape our perspective. So when you see the multitudes of people being amazed by something that you know for sure that God has given you. You don't need to be amazed by them.
Don't be alarmed by them. Because when you become mature in Christ, their actions and their behavior are not going to impact your decisions. It isn't going to influence your thinking or your mind. It isn't going to influence your behavior or your reaction to things. So in verse 27, it says, And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So when people are hearing miracles and they see miracles, but yet they inadvertently choose not to give God credit for it, they are a walking, living excuse. Because they made excuses why they just choose not to believe in miracles. I am a walking, living miracle. So what we have to do is examine what voice are you following? Are you following the voice of multitudes? The multitude of people that don't even believe. They have doubt and unbelief for the miracles that God has performed in your life. So what I would like to do is Go to this scripture here. If you could go to John chapter 10, verse 27. It says, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. See, when God is telling you to do something, he wants you to do it. You can't sit here and listen to your grandmother just because she's been giving you advice your whole life and think that the advice that she's giving you is correct. If she's an ungodly person, she's falling short of the glory of God like we all have. But there's another scripture that God wants us to know. That God wants us to follow. And that is this one here. Luke 11 and 28. It says, he replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So there's a difference between us hearing the word of God and doing something about it. Just because you hear it, don't mean you're going to obey it. Don't mean you're going to listen to it. There are a lot of people in this world that knows that they are supposed to maintain a hygiene. You, when you wake up, you're supposed to brush your teeth. But everybody don't brush their teeth. Everybody don't clean their bodies. 
They may do it every couple days. So just because you know something doesn't equate to you doing it. We can't assume that everyone is going to have the same ability of understanding things the way that we do. So when we hear the word of God, we have to work on our own self to improve. We say, God, lead me. Have your way in my life. Do what it is, whatever it takes for me to improve. In the name of Jesus Christ. My grandmother, she used to always say, well, baby, you know, you don't add, you don't want to, if you ask God for patience, that's when you're going to have some problems. I'm like, grandma, what are you talking about? See, I, I used to think, I, I love my grandma so much, for real. That was, My grandmother was my best friend. And so when she say something, I, I get to, I would listen to her. And then some stuff she was, I'd be like, grandma, that, that don't make no sense. That, that's a religious Pharisee. We not no religious Pharisees. But we will be obedient to the word of God. Okay. And so it was so important about what she was saying because I always just to be like, okay, so if I ask God for patience, what's going to happen? And so I asked God for patience. I said, give us, God, give us the patience that we need in order to fulfill your plan, will, and purpose, God. We need patience. Help us have it, whatever it takes. See, I don't exclude myself from prayers. That's the problem. People want to pray things for other people, but they don't want to include themselves. I'm including myself. I'm including myself because sometimes when I'm encountering some people, when I tell you, it's like, Lord Jesus, help my thoughts. And now somehow I've managed to get in a situation where I feel like I'm in a constant battle. I'm not in no battle. I'm not in war. Because I allow the Holy Spirit to fight my wars. So I automatically win. But if I lean on my own understanding, then that's 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 when it's on the flesh part. And I can't be led by the flesh. I have to let the Holy Spirit lead me. So it don't matter if I'm in a, a, a spiritual war because I win. Because I have the power of God that is living on the inside me. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of me i walk with the authority of christ i speak with authority i walk like i have authority because i have the authority of christ my attitude is authoritarian because i have the power of god on the inside of me So I don't care what names you call me. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think, what you felt, how you felt it about me. Whatever you thought, it was wrong. Because see, I'm not what the people say. 
I am who God says I am. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For greater is the Holy Spirit on the inside of me than a spirit that is in this world. And it's the same way for you. You are not what people say you are. You are who God says you are. You are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. For greater is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you than the spirit in this world. No matter what that spirit in this world tried to get you to do, no matter what that spirit in this world tried to get you to say, your greater is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you than the spirit that is in this world. Who cares about what they think? You are attached to God. I wouldn't care if you talked about my health or my skin or my attitude. My confidence is attached to Christ. And yes, my hair nappy, but I think I look so cute. The more and more my hair nappy, the more and more I think it's cute. So, oh, they, they might say, oh, look at her hair. Look at her hair. Who cares? My confidence is not attached to what they say. My confidence is attached to who God says I am. So you could talk about the shoes. You could talk about whatever you want to talk about. I am who God says I am. I am more than a conqueror. So that's how you have to walk and talk and feel. You are more than a conqueror. It doesn't matter about what people think, what they say, how they felt it. When they talking bad about you, it don't work because guess what? Every satanic tongue is condemned that is spoken against you in the name of Jesus Christ. So people are always going to speak, but what, what voice are you following? What voice? So blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. You listening to your friend who had never been married. And you getting your relationship advice from a person that's fornicating rather than feeling like they need to go and make a vow before God in marriage. You listening to your male friends who all they do is cheat on their wives. Which one of the main reasons why they feel the need to always want to go and chase Another woman after another woman after another woman after another woman. Because all the women that they chasing are the Eves. Because the women that they chose was the Eves. Who wants to reverse the role of the man being the head of the house. But instead of you having your confidence attached to Christ. Now you have attached your confidence to that woman who wants to reverse roles in your household. 
and you wondering why your life is the way that it is, is because you choosing her words over the words of what God is telling you, like the Adam did. Adam became passive while she became the head. So it's important for us to understand what voice are you listening to? If you turn to your Bibles and you go to John 10 and 27, it says that my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So God, when he speaks to us, are you listening? But instead of so many times, it's too many times that when God is saying something, Instead of many people listening to the voice of the Lord, we're focusing on what other people are saying. So you have more of an investment with people than you do with God. But when you have problems at the hardest point, that's who you want to call on God. But you didn't call on God before it led up to that problem. You wasn't including God in your choices and your decisions before it led up to that. But now you at the breaking point. Now you want to call on God. Uh-uh-uh-uh. No, 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 no. We have to learn how to include God in our choices and our decisions. Because when we do that, the problem will dissipate. Before we even get to the problem, the problem would have been to vanish back then. Because we're listening to the stuff that the Lord wants us to take and the, what the Lord wants us to make. I have lived in so many different houses. When at one point, I had about four houses at once. I was going from this house to that house to this house to that house. And I have been having to maintain bills in all these houses. And having to take care of my family and my friends and, and all type of people. Or the people who, you know, would, wouldn't even pray. So God began to show me that, you know, like what you're doing, this isn't for you. Because if... Okay, so I had somebody tell me, they said, well, you know, it's okay to just give to the homeless people. But it's not okay to give to the church. Just go out and help somebody. So I was like, wait, wait. You know, that don't make no sense. Because what you're saying is in contradiction to what the word of God says. I don't care what you out here doing, what you're out here saying. When you're saying something that is in contradiction to what the word of God says. I can't listen to you. I don't care what position or what place I am in life. You're contradicting the word of God. So they said they told me, well, you know, you suggest give to the homeless. Just go out there and give and, and don't be putting all your money in the church. And I'm thinking like, first of all, it's my money and I do what I want. 
That's what I was thinking, you know, from the flesh point. But then thinking from God's perspective, it's like, well, wait a minute. This is what God wants me to do. This is what God says for me to do. So then, then, so then they wanted to argue with me over giving money to church. So let me explain to you what the conversation sounded like. Okay, well, wait. If, if you go out here and you give money to people that's out here and you're helping these people by enabling them not to help themselves. See, because I want to enable a person to help themselves, to help that self. Now, if you hungry and you need food, food is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, what is it? It is, um, it's just a requirement like water It's you know, water is a necessity. Food is a necessity. You don't put no label on giving somebody food. You don't put no, like you wouldn't put no giving them water. But the, but the main issue here is this. You would rather give money to the home, to people that are out here that are not even trying to do anything with themselves. Then to bring it into the house of the Lord. They are not willing to change their life. They are not willing to even make it one effort. God sees their effort. It's not our place to see their effort. But we are supposed to identify the spirit. And if you see a person that never ever prayed with you and then somebody that's praying with you. That's improvement. If you see a person that never ever went to church and now they want to go to church, that's improvement. We should be investing in the lives of the people who really want change in their life. Because we are living in the last days. We are living in the last times. Whether you want to accept that or not, it's the truth. For we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. So living in a way where we can have abundance means that we are listening to the voice of God and not the voice of people. Quit investing your time in people. You listening to all these people that they can't even make a dedicated vow in front of God to make a, in a marriage. They can't even make a commitment in a marriage, let alone give you some advice about a relationship. When all they ever known was adultery, sleeping with someone else's husband. Or sleeping with someone else's wife. These things are abominations to God. So where is the happiness? See, happiness comes from God. When you attach your happiness to God, people don't need to make you happy. God makes you happy internally. The problem is so many people are battling esteem issues. Mental health issues. And they're going unresolved. So looking at Jeremiah 33 and 3, it says, call to me and I will answer you. 
and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. This is why I say God is so fascinating. This is why we, we should be craving the knowledge and wisdom of God. Through his word. God said, I will, I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. You do not know. And all we have to do is what? Ask God. Quit asking your cousins and your friends about a job when they can't even keep one permanent job. All they do is work temps. How they gonna give you advice on a, on a long-term career? So you talking to people more than you talk to God and then you sitting here wondering why you in that situation again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun and dandy right now because, you know, you with that married man. But when you're not around him, you're going to be crying and you're going to be hurt. So what are you going to do with the after effects of messing with somebody else's husband? Because don't remember all them lonely nights that you experienced. From thinking about someone else's husband when God has a husband for you. But you won't even get in preparation to where God needs you to be positioned and where God needs you to be pivoted so that you can get the husband of your own. So instead of you having a husband of your own or the wife of your own, you need someone else's wife or you need someone else's husband to validate your insecurity. The insecurity of you having a lack of preparedness because you're not prepared for the husband that God is ready to send to you. You're not prepared for the wife that God is ready to send to you. So you keep settling for less than what God really has ordained for you. So who is the fool? Well, God said in the word that my people die because of a lack of knowledge. And a fool is someone with a lack of knowledge. So Jeremiah 33 and 3, it said, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. How's you sitting here? agreeing with an atheist that have seen miracles take place but they make every excuse on why they don't want to believe they make every excuse on why uh well let's see god did this god see atheists have a extreme amount of emotion Because usually many atheists, they are upset with God. Because really it's their lack of communication with God that allows them to go and follow other doctrines and other beliefs. So instead of them believing in the miracle that just happened in front of them, 
How do they escape the miracles that they see? I had an atheist tell me that going to church is like going to the gym. All they do is aerobics. They sit up and they sit down. Stand up and they sit down. And they thought it was really funny saying this to me. My ex-husband was an atheist. Now, from what I hear, I think he's improving his life. And that's good. But for someone, even an atheist, how do you discredit a miracle? I just find it hard to believe that a person can hear about miracles, see miracles happen, and yet they still don't believe. So if you have a question, Samuel, please go ahead and put it right here in the Q&A and I'll be sure to respond to it there, right here. So God said to call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. So for whatever you don't know, God is saying that he will tell us. He's going to tell you what you need. Things that you don't know. So really you're without excuse. So let's go to Romans. We're going to go to Romans 1 and 20. And in Romans 1 and 20, it says here first, since the creation, or since the, um, well, I don't, I don't give everyone microphone and camera access. When I've done that in the past, um, so Samuel is asking, why isn't there camera and microphone access? Well, that's because I don't grant that permission on my webinar. I've done it before. And some people just come on and they just act, you know, belligerent, ridiculous. I don't have time for that. So if you want, well, I don't make time for that. I don't make time for things like that. So if you want to ask me a question, just go ahead and put it here and I'll answer you there. Okay. So if we look at Romans 1 and 20, we see that for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his external power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So if you believe in the word of God. That's good. But if you don't, you are going to be held accountable for not believing. Because God has invisible qualities that are that makes you without excuse. We have we look at the trees. They are living organisms. We have air. We have gravity. We have the breath of life. There is no disputing that there is a higher power. And that higher power is God, Jesus Christ. And then I hear all the Israelites, they say, oh, well, you know, Jesus, Jesus was just the prophet. There ain't no white G, no white God. Well, see, that's the problem. Is that when you take the Bible, you can't even understand what you're reading or understand anything in it. You can read the Holy Bible. The Holy Bible has the Hebrew, the Hebrew translation, the Hebrew scrolls and the New Testament and the Greek and the Old Testament. 
But you trying to go out there and read the lost books. How are you trying to read some lost books when you can't even understand the Holy Bible that you have available to you? Tell me every translation in the Bible before you go reading some lost books that you are not going to understand. God has put the Bible together and have allowed it to be able to survive this long on the planet for a specific reason. Quit following these other doctrines. Yes, because everyone has a different account of events. But guess what? The Holy Bible is put together because guess what? It was people over a hundreds and hundreds of year time span that created the Bible. And they all have similar events. So if you go out there and read the lost books, uh, you, you may be reading... You may be reading something that somebody that agreed with Judas Iscariot. Then you sitting up here listening to the Quran. The Quran was 600 years after the Bible was written. 600 years later. So just wake up. So right now you can see now it's, it's a lot of talk about air quality. And I, I have a prophetic word today about the air quality. So you think that the air quality that everyone keeps talking about when we've had this same air quality since 2000s and early 2000s, it's just increasing more and more because as, as more things happen across the globe, that these, um, these created events that allowed the world's elite to continue to thrive in society because in order for them to thrive, you have to create an event for people to follow. So if global warming is existing, what happens? Well, you're going to have to rely on renewable energy and all of these other energies but see, gasoline was given, gasoline came from the earth. Gasoline came from the earth. So there is no way, for instance, they, they just burned 50, 50 billion or 50 million tires. Why would you burn 50 million tires if it's a global warming? How much is that contributing to the Earth's greenhouse gas problem? That was in Kuwait. Let actually let me pull up the video. Millions of tires burning in the desert. 42 million tires burning in the desert. 42 million tires burning in the desert. 42 million. 42 million tires burning in the desert. 42 million. 42 million tires burning in the desert. Look at this. The, it's called the Kuwait Tire Graveyard. The Kuwait Tire Graveyard, also known as the Sulaibia Tire Graveyard, 
This is one of the largest tire dumps in the world with an estimated 7 million tires. It's not 7 tires million. I just want to, what I would like to say, during a period of rapid. It is not 7 million tires, everyone. It is 50 million tires. So that's an inaccurate. The Kuwait. Tire graveyard, also known as the Sulaibia tire graveyard. This is one of the largest. 42 million. The Kuwait tire. 42 million tires burning 40, in the desert. 42 million. 42 See that? None of that makes any sense. Has Not. So oil was the treasure that was found. God allowed men to find oil. Guess. So let's understand that people are without excuse. As it says here in Romans 1 and 20. For since the creation of the world... God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that what has been made so that people are without excuse. Now, when they focus more and more intense on the air quality, soon it's going to be, you know, the air quality is so bad. Please stay indoors. The air quality has caused the air quality can get you sick. The air quality is this. The air quality is that. If you don't understand that we're living in the last days, that you really, really, really need to get on your knees and pray and see God turn away, shown away from evil, turn away from it. They talk about the air quality in these other countries. They don't talk about the air quality this prevalent in the United States. It's because guess what? The only issue with air quality is the fact that we are the ones who consuming all of this, this stuff, burning all of these plastic, messing up the oceans and doing all of these different things. Why? So that we can depend on the organizations that want to supply this new forms of energy. See, during COVID, what happened during COVID was that our ecosystem was able to thrive. So you don't want to be deceived about just some of the smallest things. Your health isn't conclusive upon what the rest of the world is doing. When God has given you a spirit, which is his spirit, the Holy Spirit, that can provide you with healing. So what's happening and going on in the world is not going to impact you. I wanted to talk about uh, long suffering. I meant to talk about that the other day. But just, just know that as the air quality decreases, so is the need to control the people in society is going to increase.
So be aware. Be focused and diligent. Understand that obedience through God is eternal life. So understand that. Now, long suffering, you're going to go through experiences in life. Every single day of your life. But God's power become perfect in your weakness. But don't let the problems in life consume you. I literally, sometimes, some people want to argue with me for hours. And I just be like, what? What is going on? Why? What is wrong with you? Are you okay? Let's pray. Who would want to sit there and debate over some of the most smallest things that I've ever seen in my life? Nobody wants to do that. But there are some people who the enemy uses to continually attack you. You, may, you might be continually under attack. And so what I mean is you may have one problem. You may just lost your house. Now from you losing your house, now you didn't lost your job. Now from you losing your job, you didn't lost a loved one. Now you didn't lost a loved one. Now you didn't lost your car. You don't have anything. Now you didn't lost your family. You don't have nothing. So now you have to sit here and you have to like ponder on, okay, so now where's your hope? So your situation and your experience is now contributing to your to you to have stress. That could also lead to the depression. And now this trauma that you've experienced now is impacting your brain. Because stress, depression, and trauma impacts the brain. It impacts the prefrontal cortex. It sends uh, transmissions through the amygdala in your brain. Then it impacts your hippocampus. Now, all of a sudden, your decision-making skills is being off balance. Your ability to learn is, is not it's, to interpret the right thing isn't there anymore because now stress and depression has now contributed to you having indecisiveness. So now you going through this trauma, it's not only affecting your, your, you know, your mind, but now it's affecting your physical body. You have an emotional pain that no one seems to be able to subdue it. <clears throat> and if you're looking for people to subdue the problems in your life, they can't even subdue the, own, the problems in their own life, let alone try to help you subdue it. They can minimize your level of stress, but they can't eliminate it. God can eliminate it. They can help ease some of your problems, but that's only temporary. It's still going to be there. Because we have to see God today. Let's look at let's look at Isaiah. Isaiah 30 and 21. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. 
So there's no reason for you not to be sanctified and God able to purify you. You got to let God purify all that unclean stuff. When, when, I, when I had just started the transformation in my life, it was like God was sanctifying me in a way because he knew what I was about to be up against. It was so many problems. When I tell you it was so many problems, I felt like I was alone in this world. And although, like, I, I stayed in school and, you know, I focused and I stay focused on God and the things that God wanted for me and I pray to God, it was just like, I kept trying to get the understanding from people with situations. And they couldn't provide me with authentic, you know, solutions because their motive was in the wrong place or they advice was you know like not good because you know it's like okay I, how can i listen to you you look at yourself your life i can't do that no you haven't making one single step taking one single step that or practical application that it takes to be victorious in life because you ain't even choosing god so Christ, he died for me. Now it's time for me to live for him. That's what this lady on Twitter uh, posted today. And when I saw that, I wasn't on that for that long because honestly, I'm trying, I would like to give it a break a little bit because sometimes it's just too much information overload. All I hear about is these problems, problems, problems. And then you get all of these people who are so resistant to change. It's like, you know, like what, what, how are they contributing to society? And I really don't, I believe that this is my beliefs. I'm going to be very honest about this. People that are not open to transparency and open to change, they should just be left where they are. It's nothing that you could do besides pray for them. So I don't really want to work with people like that. I just, I'm so picky right now. It's like, God, you know, I just like, God, I need your help. And you know what I need because see, God knows everything. Okay. God is omni, omnipotent. God is omnipresent. God is omniscience. God is omni everything. So it's like, God really knows what's in your heart. And I just feel like it's so much that needs to be done in society. And in order for us to push forward, we have to identify conflict and provide conflict resolution. There are going to be people who accept it. No, there are going to be people that don't. The people that don't accept it, leave them where they are. They, have a, a, they need to overcome some learning curves. It's nothing you can do about it besides pray, you know? And so I just think that it is so important for us to hear the voice of the Lord. And not everywhere you go, of course, people are not going to always be so receptive if they don't believe in God. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to listen to them. Jesus Christ still did listen to the questions that the religious Pharisees asked him, even when they wanted to kill him. Jesus knew what they were thinking. All the time, every time they spoke, Jesus knew what they were thinking. 
And he still listened. But what he did was he corrected them. He taught them. Whether they choose to accept it and listen was their decision. So some Pharisees, they did change. But not many of them. So just because people are speaking about things that we don't like to hear doesn't mean that we don't listen. Because those people need to be taught too. You are not God. I am not God. We are not God to decide if these people belong in the kingdom of God. Because see, there are people who they have been in the kingdom of God for a long, long time. Those people are falling out of the body of Christ. And God is bringing the ones into the body of Christ that were destined for his holy nation. That means that those people that you thought were atheists are no longer atheists. Those people that you thought was, you know, just um, physicists that did not believe in, in God, but practicing evolution. Those people, guess what? They are coming to the kingdom. So we cannot go around here judging people because you don't really know who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. God in heaven know when he's returning. Not even the angels in heaven know when the return of God will be. So it's so important for you to understand that God is going to move in a way where it's not, it's not meant for you to take the position or the authority to be the judge of people. We have to listen to one another. The, the world is so segregated that it is sometimes pathetic to listen to. So I don't contaminate my ears with hearing certain things. Yes, do I read it? Yes, I do. I read one lady on Twitter today. She said <coughs> she said that she wanted to enslave white people. And I was like, wow, for you to say something like that out of your mouth, that clearly says that you are bitter. So just because they, you know, just because your ancestors was enslaved and these people, they don't fully understand how slavery has impacted intergenerational transmissions. That now you want to enslave their ancestors. So, of course, slavery had an impact on current generations. Anyone who does not understand that ideology is a fool. And that goes right back to the word of God. People die because of a lack of knowledge because they are fools. So it's all about perspective. You can't have a real good mental health if you don't understand what intergenerational transmissions are. There's a girl in my class and we're in my school. She's focusing on like intergenerational transmissions of trauma. But then again, I had a class where we focused, focused on intergenerational transmissions of generosity so your generosity could become a transmission transferred down to you by your parents your level of generosity so if generosity is transferred down from your parents how much more is hate transferred down from your parents how much more is love transferred down from your parents? See, I grew up in a with I grew up in a brutal 
brutally honest family. When I say again, I'm saying again. I grew up in a brutally honest family. So what that means is that it does not matter about what people are saying, about what people are thinking. What matters is what is right. It doesn't matter about who's right. You exclude that from your man. So when you focus on the things that God wants you to do, it's never going to be about who's right. Exclude it from the equation. It doesn't matter about the color, the size of the person, the gender of the person. It doesn't matter about any of that. It's about what is right in the situation. People have tunnel vision. It's like, this is all they see. This is all they hear. This is this color. All I see, all I hear is your language. All I hear is your pronunciation. All I see is your hair. All I see is your skin. All I see is, please stop. It's never about the who. It's always about what's important. What, what, not who. It's not about who's right. It's about what is right in this situation. What is right in the situation? So you have to understand that in order for us to overcome these barriers, in order for you to overcome language, and I excuse, excuse the background noise, okay? It is just um, people in the hallway. So, um, but it's, it's never about who is right. It's about what is right. And when you're analyzing things from that perspective, I don't want no segregated school. I don't want to see all black schools. I don't want to see all white schools. I don't want to see that. I want to see a mixture of diversity. Okay, as diversity increases, racism goes extinct. That's what I like to see. I don't care if it's a whole bunch of immigrants coming over here in the United States. I believe that the Republicans are benefiting from uh, immigrants because of low-cost labor. And also the, Republic, the, the Democrats are also benefiting because now they have perks to keeping people in poverty. So the more and more they need, they need people to help in order for their bank accounts to stay filled. So both parties are winning with immigration. So no, you're not going to deceive me and to have me think it's otherwise. Republicans need immigrants for low-cost low labor. Democrats need poor people in order to get money. So it's perks to keeping people in poverty. That's why they could be millionaires, but their salary is under 100000 Because it's perks to keeping people in poverty. So no one is going to tell me that immigration isn't benefiting both parties. So we have to we have to understand what voice are you following? Understand the voice that you're following. I don't want to hear about enslaving no white people. I don't think nobody should be slaves. 
I think that special people that are brilliant because God has gifted each and every one of us with a different gift. If you've accepted God, you're most likely in, in gifted. And so you have spiritual gifts. I know I have spiritual gifts. So a person that's gifted are not going to be doing things that with people that are not. It's a different type of approach that you're going to use with them. I don't believe in the segregation. I don't believe in just focusing on the whites or just focusing on the blacks or just focusing on the Hispanics or focusing on it. No, we have to collectively work together. We all are thriving in society. One time I wrote a paper. Let me explain this paper I wrote. So I wrote um, something. This was about when I was, this is when I was getting my master's degree in, and um, I wrote about how being sick and you going to work can impact your employees, impact your subordinates and stuff like that. So the solution that I provided for this scenario was when you are sick, it's important for you to get well than for you to go to work. And many times people feel that, you know, you should just go to work and you're ill because you need to pay your bills. But if organizations value their employees in the way where when they become ill, they can stay at home and get well, this prevents many other employees from suffering. And so if other employees are subjected to, you know, certain illnesses because of one employee, then you're going to have a loss of production, a loss of performance. So that they need to place value on their employees when they are ill or when they're having a family emergency or if you see this person you know having inconsistent tardies at work when they have been a superb employee they could be having a life-changing experience but now they 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 can you know just because you offer the employee assistant program doesn't mean that they're going to use it so we need to offer employees the ability to feel secure enough that when they're ill to stay at home and support them staying at home. Because this creates a culture at work that says we care about you. And as long as they care of your employee, you, as long as an employer care about their employees, you better be sure that they're going to get perspectives. They're going to get prospective consumers. They're going to go out here and they're going to work extra hard for that organization. Because they feel valued. You hear some people, they work at a job for 10 years. They're there 15, 20 years, and they, they don't feel valued. It's just like if I'm investing in a company and I'm, I've been, let's say I've been with uh, Verizon Wireless since forever, but then I lose, you lose the job, and now I can't pay my bill. You just cut my service off. I have to be it on time every, every month, every year for years. It's like, give a grace period to your employees. I mean, to, to people, to your consumers. If they have lost their jobs and you see that they have been paying a customer with you for five years and they, it's a certain criteria, give them some grace. Give people grace. It's like, where's the compassion? 
I, I don't care about who said this and who said that. It's not about that. It's about what is right in the situation. So as women, we have to be the strong individuals that God created us to be. And we have to have self-discipline to make sure that our households are being managed, right? With the man being the head of the house. Because guess what? He should be submitting his will to Christ. If he is not submitting his will to Christ, then how can you submit to that man? So you chose to get in a marriage where you don't have Christ or God in your life. See, you that, that, that's just a situation you have to deal with now. I don't want to follow a person that doesn't have Christ as the head. The head of every man is Christ. If Christ is not the head of your life, just stay out of minds. I don't mind motivating you to speak. To speech. You know, but I just know what God has planned for me. And so whether you turn to the right or whether you turn to the left, it doesn't matter which way you go. You always want to hear the voice of God. Because don't nobody know when you crying out to God. You could get on your knees every single night and every single day. You could cry out to God every day and, and get on your knees. Don't nobody know what you do. They don't have to know your relationship with God. You know your relationship with God. That's what matters. So I want to go to John 16 and 13. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. So God uses the Holy Spirit to keep you ahead. This is why I say, God, I pray that you allow us to be 10,000 steps ahead of every situation and circumstance, making sure the Holy Spirit is quickening us to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter if you know how to pray or if you don't know how to pray. Learn how to pray. Prayer is a conversation with God. Quit worrying. Sometimes, like, I, I, I had... I had well, I was like stressing out a little bit, but then God said, What are you worrying about? Oh, you don't stress. You my child. If I take care of the birds, the lilies, and everything else, how much more do you think I'm gonna take care of you? Don't stress. So is it a sin to not be happy? Yes, it is. And I'm gonna talk about that on another podcast. That's a completely separate podcast. Is it a sin? To not be happy. It is a sin to not be happy. But if you are attaching your happiness to this person. What happens when that person abandons you? What happens when that person leaves you? What happens when that person betrays you? You know you're not going to happy no more? You don't attach your happiness to people. Your happiness should come from God internally. 
the Holy Spirit. For greater is the Holy Spirit on the inside of me than the spirit in this, in this world. So just because if a person, people fail their own self. So when they fail they self, they going to fail you. So what, you not going to be happy no more? Because they not happy. They chose to have depression and to keep focusing on the problem. So now it has led them to depression. So if they depressed, you going to be depressed? How can two depressed people make it? So some people have decided to stay in an abusive relationship with a man beating them up beside the top of their head. With a, it's not always men either. It's women too. A woman will beat you upside the top of your head too. But instead of you getting out of the situation, now you've grown to love it. You think that's what you deserve? But you don't see your, your self-esteem going down and down and down and down and down. Who told you that it's okay for you to be depressed? You choosing to focus on the problem that created the stress. Why? Because you see other people doing that. That's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to focus on him. If, when, whenever you see a problem, try to focus on a solution. Pick out five things that you can solve right now in this situation. For instance, you lost your job. You've been on your job a long time, but it's been gaps in your employment. So now what do you do? Well, work on your resume. How do you work on your resume? Look at the best resumes on Google. If that's what you need to do, hire a resume expert. Pay $20, 35 to get you a nice resume. Do some interviewing. Practice interviewing with your friends, the people who you love talking to more than you talk to God sometimes. Look at interview questions. Go on interviews. Apply for you a job. Your job is for you to look for a job. So look for a job six hours out of the day till you find one. If you want to go eight hours, look for a job for eight hours. Take you a break in between. You don't have nothing to do anyway. What are you doing? If you can't do six hours, do four hours out of the day. Since you're choosing the TV over being productive, that's fine. Go ahead and do a few hours. But your productivity is going to depend on your outcome. Because faith without works is dead. Your faith is accompanied by your works. You still got to put in the work. No job is going to knock on your door and say, hey, hey, you know, we're, we're paying $25 an hour. All you need to do is submit your resume and we'll hire you next week. You think a job doing that? So if you lose a job, show yourself through the power of God that you are really diligent and you really want this. I don't care how many interviews I go on. God is telling me that the next place that he positioned me is I am going to love it.
and I'm going to be able to stay there until my business completely takes off. My organization. And see, God is the head. Because I'm not married. So God is the head of my life. There is no man that's going to be the head of my life. Nobody is not the head of my life. God is the head of my life. I don't care about what people think. They, they're sometimes people thoughts are corrupted. Don't let that negative contaminated culture influence your progress. So just know that God wants you to understand that he will guide you into all truth. He will not, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. And so I have some more scriptures here, but I'll go over that on Sunday. I want to go back to, um, I'm not going to be able to go over the characters, but maybe I can. Let me go over the, um, the different characters. So let's look at, uh, I want to shift focus and look at, um, Gideon. So I'm going to go over Gideon and Peter. So Gideon was a young man whose, um, only thought was gathering food and hiding from the Midianites. So he was what you, what most people would call scary. He was timid and scary. He was scared of the Midianites. So we saw Moses had questioned God's motive, right? Um, and so we see with Gideon, he he also has a mission and God is calling him to do something. But, you know, is he willing to do it? If he had. So you can see that uh, there's a pattern in the lives of the people who are called and chosen by God when they are doubting. So like, you know, failure is opportunity. Failure leads to success. Failure leads you to trusting in God and not trusting in people who fail themselves because people are ultimately going to fail themselves. So what makes you think that they're not going to fail you? They are also battling their own internal inconsistencies. So why are you upset with them for failing you? When you should have never put an expectation that high anyway. You should have never been expecting anything. Just know that they'll come through 50% or they may not come through. God said, don't put your trust in mere humans. So we see that there is a pattern here with, with some of the individuals that are called and chosen by God. So um, they try to debate with God over, over their purpose and their mission. So it looks like most of them did, you know. Um, so going into Judges 6, chapter 6, verse 11 through 18. Let's look at this. I don't know how they get all the way down there. Let's see here. So go to your Bibles to Judges 6, chapter 6, verse 11 through 18. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Jos, the Abazarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. 
so he he had and wine. I mean, I'm sorry, he had and wheat from the Midianites. So basically, what he doing every single day probably is just sitting here doing things because he's afraid of the Midianites. That's his focus to stay out of their way. Um, verse twelve. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, "The Lord is with you, mighty warrior." He says, "Pardon me, my lord." So this part of me, my Lord, basically what he's saying is, look, who, who a mighty warrior? It's like, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Here we go again. We see yet another person questioning in God. It's like, okay, you had the opportunity to be like Job and fall to your knees and worship God, but instead you sitting up here questioning the ability of God again. Why has all of this happened to us? God, why you would let me get in this situation? God, why did you let me marry that man? God, why did you do this and why did you do that? You don't forget that you have free will. See, because God didn't make you robotic. He gave you a choice. You chose what you wanted. So don't go to God and say, oh God, why, why did this happen? And why did it happen? It happened because of your free will. You chose to sleep with that married man. You chose to keep him as your boyfriend when you knew you was committing adultery and he loved somebody else. You chose that. So you got to deal with what comes behind that. And that may become, that may have a lot of lonely nights, a lot of conviction in your heart, a lot of a feeling of doubt and unbelief and sadness and unhappiness. Because you attach your happiness to the moments that you had with someone else's husband. See, this is why I could never, like, I, I promise, like, I, for me being a married woman, I was married when I was 18 years old. I never, ever supported the idea of, of messing with anyone else's man, ever. I was married when I was 18. There are too many men in this world for you to have someone else's husband. There are too many women in this world for you to have someone else's wife. So we see here Gideon is saying, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? It happened because of the choices. Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did the Lord not bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the story about Gideon is so powerful. I will tell you that right now. This is not, I don't even think I'm going to be able to finish this story. Okay. So, um, I might need to continue this on to Sunday, but if I go after like, um, eight fifty five. Then I'll just continue it on Sunday. So in verse 
um, 13 continuing and says, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. In verse 14, it says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? See, Gideon was afraid. It was hundreds of thousands of the Midianites. And God is sending, telling him to go out there. I am I not sending you? He called a mighty warrior. The Lord is the angel. The angel of the Lord called Gideon mighty warrior. He said, pardon me. He didn't even believe that he was a mighty warrior. Sometimes you could be going through these experiences in your life and you just like, look, this, this all, this all you deserve. And you, you ain't gonna never have your own husband. But what you didn't know is that there's a lot of men that would like to make you their wife. But you folk so focused on somebody else's husband, you can't even see them. But I bet you that married man see who wants you. I bet you that married wife see who wants you. So you have to make yourself available for the blessings of God. God has given you a blessing. Like he's telling Gideon, look, I'm sending you. Can you, can you make yourself available for God's blessing? God like, look, I got blessings for you, but you just keep choosing everything else. You keep listening to all these people who going to let you down. You keep listening to all of them. You won't even let me bless you. That's what God is saying. Can't, you say you want a husband. But are you prepared for him when he come? Or are you going to be sitting here nagging and yelling at him all day when he ain't even going to want to be around you? See, see, when you are a good woman, the man is never going to want to leave you. Because guess what? You know that your, your authority is not coming from yourself. Your authority is coming from God. So when you having a problem, you're going to pray about that situation. God going to make that situation right. You are a prayer for wife. You know, when you want to make sure that you're not with someone that you're unequally yoked with, but that's a whole nother podcast. All I'm saying is that you have to make yourself available to receive God's blessings. If you're not making yourself available and you saying, pardon me, who a mighty warrior? But you feel like you a mighty warrior when you want to go get mad at somebody. You feel like you could beat them up, don't you? Everybody think they could beat somebody up when they mad. I wouldn't care what size you was. Everybody didn't thought like they could beat somebody up. And then the people who thought that they could beat somebody up probably couldn't. So just understand that you are 
You become what you think of yourself. And so if God say that you more than a conqueror, but you don't accept that you more than a conqueror. And you like, look, see, I'm basic. Then you're going to be basic because you are what you think of yourself. God has given you a measure of faith. But if you don't keep that faith with hope, filled with hope and trust in the Lord, that faith will turn to doubt and unbelief. It ultimately leads you to being defeated. So now instead of you walking around with a victorious attitude, you walking around here with a defeated attitude like Gideon. Talking about pardon me, Lord. Mighty warrior. He's sitting up here talking about, he said, he said, he said, where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. So he's so scared of Midian that he ain't heard nothing that the angel of the Lord said. He just focused on the problem. The Midian, the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord came and said, mighty warrior. You are a mighty warrior. Warrior. Right? This is what he is. He's sitting up here. Pardon me. Oh, the Lord. God let this happen. Well, God let it happen because he didn't make you a robot. You, you, didn't, you, you wasn't made robotic. You have a freedom of choice to choose to love God even after you lose family members in your life. Many times when we experience death, I experience a lot of loss of people that I know. Many of my friends died when I was young. You know, one of my friends, he got stabbed over 60 times. And it was like, it was, it's just so many different things that I could just talk about that. But when I think about loss, you know, it, it's like, okay, how could God allow that to happen? But God is saying, see, it wasn't that I allowed it to happen. See, see, when things happen to other people, it's about your response to what you seen, your response to what you heard, your response to your experience. So are you still going to serve me even after going through that situation? Are you still going to serve me and praise me even after you have went through that experience of trauma? Are you still going to serve God? Are you still going to believe in him? Are you still going to worship him? Or are you going to be like Gideon? Pardon me. Mighty warrior. Basically, that's what he said. Mighty warrior. Pardon? Pardon? Like, who you talking to about calling the mighty warrior? 
So you sitting here focusing on the problem. You sitting here focusing on the pain. You sitting here focusing on the hurt. When God is telling you, wait, wait, which one you going to choose? The pain, hurt, and trauma? Or you going to choose the, the path that I'm giving you? That's going to lead to a peace that surpasses all understanding. Or are you going to blame God? And shift all of these problems onto God when you had a choice to still love God even after that experience. See, God lets you go through that experience because just like with what was going on with Job, the devil goes outside the gates of heaven bargaining over, over God with your soul. He bargains with God over you. Or if you just let me do this to him, he going to curse you to your face. He going to blame everything on you. Or if you let me do this to her, you know, she ain't going to never believe in you again. Just let me do this one thing. I prove it to you. See, because the enemy know that just taking that loss, that, that can interfere with your faith. So your faith is now... Doubt and unbelief. Now you defeated. You walking around here defeated. Because that's what the enemy wanted for you in the first place. That's why he went outside the gates of heaven bargaining with God over your soul. Let me just do this. He'll never worship you again. Let me just do this to her. She not going to praise you because of this experience, because of that situation. Because of what she's seen her friends go through. See, but what you didn't know is that experience in that situation was supposed to give you longevity and was supposed to give you more trust for God. You either belong to the kingdom or you don't. Because can't no experience interfere with your calling. Can't no negative, contaminated situation stop the fact that you chosen. So you're going to always have God in the back of your head, in the back of your mind. So don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I'm going to end it right there. I kind of went over a minute over than what I said, but I will continue um, talking about Gideon on Sunday, you all. And um, so I really do appreciate you all for joining me tonight. And so let me just go ahead and pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for just being a part of our life. Thank you for leading me in this discussion. We just pray that you allow us to be obedient to you. God, let us do things that is satisfying to you. God, let us not be shaped by our experience. Let us not allow our situations or problems or any uh, concerns that we have in life. Do not let it interfere with our walk with you. Do not let it interfere with our relationship with you, God. Allow us to still always choose you, even in every experience no matter what the experience because it's always meant to glorify you god so keep us ten thousand steps ahead of every situation and circumstance making sure that we're mature in the knowledge of the holy spirit in the knowledge of you god so that we're making mature decisions with you god we want to live a life that is pleasing and satisfying to you god so allow us 
to have discernment. Let us see things from your eyes and not our own and hear from your ears and not our own so that we're seeing and hearing people the way you see and hear them. And we're not leaning on our own understanding, God. Uproot all of the things in our life that you did not put there, God. Uprooting and reshape what has been broken and shattered in our life, God. Let us follow your voice and hear your voice and be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit on at all times, on every occasion. Let us pray on every occasion at all times, God. I plead the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over our relationship with you, over our walk with you, God. Continue to allow us to walk in the path of righteousness, God. But most importantly, please, Lord, allow your will to be done, not ours. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is sealed in your atonement blood. Amen. <coughs> Thank you all so much for joining me. So I will see you all on Sunday. Remember, if you wanted to um, become a writer, just go ahead and send me an email at uh, lawlifehealth at suddenchangescorporation.org. If you needed prayer, if you wanted to suggest a topic, or if you wanted to, you know, do some community service or become an intern, please go ahead and send me an email and I'll be sure to respond to you within 48 hours. Thank you so much once again for joining me. You all have a nice night and I'll see you all on Sunday.